If you're a parent, you are going to want to watch this video because here's what you and I both know. Parenting can be one of the most difficult, complicated, and tiring things a person can do. At the same time, parenting can be one of the most rewarding parts of your life. And maybe you're in a season right now where you feel like you're killing it as a parent and you should basically teach a seminar or if you're like most of us, you feel a little lost in the woods. Because let's all be honest, none of us were given a proper training or certifications that we needed. Someone just handed us a baby, checked to make sure we had the proper car seat, and wished us good luck on our journey of being responsible for the development of an entire human person. What is that? But if you grew up in a great home and you loved the way you were raised, maybe you had a picture to shoot for, but that comes with its own difficulties because you may find yourself chasing after some ideal that worked for your parents and you as a kid, but it's not 1988 anymore and you aren't your parents and your kids aren't you. And so maybe you feel frustrated that you just can't seem to get it done like mom and dad did. Or maybe you're on the other end of this whole thing and you're working hard to make sure that you don't repeat your childhood for your kids. You don't have a clear picture of the kind of family experience you want, but you know what you don't want and how you don't want a parent. And you find yourself mainly reacting in opposition to bad parenting rather than pursuing something better. And maybe you're worried what you're doing now will just be a new and different set of problems that your kids will one day react against. Or maybe you're a single parent or you're a co-parent, or you're a foster or adoptive parent, and nothing feels as simple and easy as it seems on TV. And I know how frustrating and hopeless it can be when you feel like you're failing your children. But here at Community Christian Anywhere, we want you to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one who feels like they've messed up this whole mom and dad thing more than they get it right. But we also want you to hear that you're doing a better job than you think you are. Parenting really matters and we all wanna get it right. And so if you're a parent, I hope you'll stick with us because throughout this video, we are going to discover how the life Jesus offers us frees us from simply parenting in reaction to the good or bad ways we were parented. We can be free to not pursue a mere imitation or rejection of our parents. And instead, we can live fully into a new way of life and parenting that blesses our children and sets them up for a better future than we could ever picture or imagine. Because here at Community Christian, we believe that no matter who you are or what you even think about God, He can't stop thinking about you. He is for you, and He only has good in mind for your life and for your children. And we want to help everyone take their next step in all that God has to offer them. Hi, my name is Heidi and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere.
video series Upstream is based on the idea that if we're gonna fix future problems downstream in life, then we have to go upstream, back to the source and fix the problems there. And when it comes to parenting, we don't want to be the problems that our children are one day going to have to go upstream later in life to fix, right? We wanna be a life-giving stream of water and not a toxin in the water supply. And that might seem like a pretty harsh assessment, but this is actually something the Bible talks about in fair detail. Throughout the Bible, there's this running theme about humans being able to choose between blessings and curses, life and death. But this isn't just a choice we make for ourselves. It's not just whether or not we receive a blessing or curse. We can choose whether or not to bless or to curse others. And the original language behind this word to curse is actually a word picture that refers to a trickle or a muddy stream. For ancient desert dwellers like the people the Bible was written to, streams were sources of life. And so when God speaks about curses, he's painting this picture of something upstream that is blocking the flow of your water to the people down below. So to bless means to bring life-giving water to someone and to curse someone is to withhold that life-giving water. The choice between blessings and cursings is the difference between giving life or withholding it. And the reason that parenting matters so much is that God has given mothers and fathers the amazing and powerful responsibility to bless their children. Many of us know how life-giving the blessing of a parent can be. You either know that because you experience life-giving words from your mother or your dad, or you spend valuable time with them where they were able to build into you and grow you up in love, or their commitment to you knew no bounds and you always knew you could count on them. And that blessing, that gave you life, not just as a young person, but now as an adult, that is invaluable to you. Or maybe you know how life-giving the blessing of a parent can be because you never received it. The words spoken to you, they have not blessed your life. They've been a curse that have been a drag on your soul. They haunt your memories. Instead of receiving gentle and life-giving physical affection from your parents, you only received anger or maybe a cold response from them. Instead of passionate commitment, you felt abandonment or neglect or conditional love. As long as you were good, they were good to you. And those wounds, they have formed you, but in ways you don't wanna talk about. They've affected your ability to trust and to commit. Maybe you struggle to form meaningful attachments with anyone. Maybe they left you with deep insecurity that you try and you cover up, but nothing's really ever enough. Maybe they've left you with pain that you don't wanna talk about. Instead, you've tried to drink it away or medicate it away or one night stand it away. And if that's the case, I just wanna begin by saying, how sorry I am that that's happened to you. And it's not your fault. There's nothing you did or you've ever done to deserve to be treated as less than or not enough, certainly to be mistreated or abused. And I know there's a deep hidden shame that comes from trying to hide the pain that was caused to you, but you need to know that you're not alone. So many of us carry around wounds from our families of origin that have never healed and we just don't talk about it. We try and act as if we've moved on or moved past it or nothing happened. And maybe because we're just afraid to be vulnerable or, or to be rejected, I don't know. But I want you to know that there is healing and we wanna help. 
you can text the number on screen and one of our pastors would love to talk with you about finding healing. You don't have to go through this alone because no matter how good your home was, none of us come out of childhood without a few wounds and insecurities and curses, if you will, because no matter how good and loving your parents were, they were broken and flawed people. They didn't get everything right. They couldn't. And until you go upstream and address the curses that are blocking the flow of life-giving water to you, you'll never be able to parent in the way you want to. If your father walked out on your family, that's not going to only affect you, it's going to affect how you parent. If your mom was emotionally distant or she played favorites with you and your siblings, even if you know that's wrong and you reject it, it still will affect how you mother. It's not as simple as saying, I'm going to imitate what my parents did or I'm just gonna totally reject it. What we're talking about is how to give a blessing to your children, how to give them the life-giving water that they crave. And the issue is that you can't give to them what you haven't been given, but you're an adult. So going upstream can't be about getting your parents to give you today the blessing you didn't get from them as a kid. Some of you can't do that because your parents aren't even here anymore. And so we have to go even further upstream, past whatever curse is blocking up the flow of water, and get your blessing from the source of life-giving water. When we look at the story of the Bible, what we see is God partnering with people to reverse curses they brought on themselves. And not just individual curses, but these patterns of sin that grow and change over time. We can see this in the life of a man named Abraham. God comes to Abraham when he's old and doesn't have any children yet. And God promises to bless Abraham and make his descendants into a nation too numerous to count. And Abraham trusts God and he follows him in faith. But the writers of the Bible make it clear that even though Abraham trusted God, he was still flawed. Like one time, Abraham gets afraid that this king will kill him because his wife, Sarah, is so beautiful that he'll want to take her to be his concubine. So instead, Abraham lies and says that Sarah is his sister and then sells her to the Pharaoh. Now, that's a pretty messed up story to be told at family get-togethers, especially because this didn't just happen once, but twice. And not only that, but check this, Abraham's son, yes, the son that God had promised and then delivered, Isaac, he did the exact same thing with his wife, Rebecca. Not even like kind of the same, but the exact same. And they had a son named Jacob who had 12 sons and 10 of them did the same thing and sold their brother into slavery. These are the families of faith in the Bible. These are Jesus's ancestors, his family tree. It's messy and it gets even messier. Why did Jacob's sons sell their brother into slavery? Because he was Jacob's favorite. Jacob gave his son, Joseph, all of his affection and attention, and even the blessings intended for his firstborn son. But he gave him to Joseph. Where did Jacob learn this kind of behavior? From his father, Isaac, who also had a favorite son. But it wasn't Jacob. It was Jacob's brother, Esau. Jacob was the rejected son, yet somehow, he repeated the same parenting techniques that his father had with him. And if you go further upstream, you find out that Isaac wasn't Abraham's first son. 
His first son, Ishmael, who was the son of Sarah's maidservant, Hagar, who Sarah arranged for Abraham to sleep with because they thought that God wasn't working fast enough on his promise to give them a child. And once Ishmael was born, Sarah was so jealous that she had Abraham send Hagar and Ishmael away into the wilderness. So the firstborn son, who was supposed to receive his father's blessings and inheritance, was rejected and abandoned. Imagine the trauma that that creates in a family. And the point of these stories is not to point fingers at this family, but to show that this family really represents every family and every nation. Because these patterns of sin and dysfunction we see in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's repeated again and again throughout the story of the nation of Israel. These people who God rescues out of slavery in Egypt, who over and over again He blesses, they continue to turn away from Him. They lie, they steal, they kill, they turn on their own families, and they even turn on God and worship idols. There's even a civil war at one point. This dysfunctional family becomes a dysfunctional nation, and it's like that's their curse. But it's not like it's their destiny. It's not their fate. It's just the nature of sin, and it prowls on us. It holds us captive to behaviors and patterns of sin that are destroying us. And we know it, but it's like we can't help ourselves. But then Jesus shows up. Jesus is born the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's born into the nation of Israel. Jesus is the one true Israelite, the one human being who breaks the pattern of the curse. He breaks the power of sin and death and evil. He reverses the curse and He begins to bring healing and freedom to His people. He heals their physical illnesses. He frees them from evil spirits and He forgives their sins. He frees them from living in these same old patterns. And one day, Jesus shows up at a well. And it's a well that Jesus' friend John, who writes the story, tells us was dug by Jacob. And there's this woman who is living in a cursed state. We learn that she's had five husbands, which may be of her own choosing, or maybe she's been rejected and tossed around by men. She's coming to get water at the hottest part of the day probably because she is outcast from the women in their town. There are many things in her life that dam up the flow of blessings in her life. Jesus offers to give her living water. And she says, where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but everyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is saying, I can do for you what no man can. I can do for you what your own father and your own family can't do for you. I can break down the weight of all of the curses in your life. I can remove everything that blocks the flow of living water from your life. You don't have to go to anyone else to be made whole or to find healing. You can come straight to the source and I will give you a blessing that will live within you. You'll have your own source of water flowing within you. No more curses, no more death, only life. Blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And this is what Jesus wants for you. 
He wants to set you free from the patterns of sin and dysfunction that are cursing your life. Whether there's something that you've chosen or they've been handed down to you, there is freedom, there is healing, but it's only found in the source of life, the living water of God. This is my Jesus. And I don't know about you, but maybe you're already thinking through your family and you can see these same patterns. I mean, histories of alcoholism or addiction, maybe histories of divorce or infidelity. Maybe your grandfather left your father as a child and then he did the same to you. Maybe your mom had an anger problem or she always lied to impress people and now no matter how much you fought it, you're doing the same thing or you can see it in your child or your grandchild. And I want you to know this isn't magical. It's not even genetic. It isn't some mystical curse. It's just the nature of sin. It seeps into everything. The consequences are felt again and again. We can't break it on our own. And it's why simply reacting to what your parents did, good or bad, isn't enough. You can't parent from what you don't want to do. And you can't simply blindly imitate what you saw your parents do, because no matter how good they are, they were still flawed people. Our job as parents is to bless our children, to fill their hearts and souls with as much life-giving water as we can and point them back to the one who gave us this life-giving water. But it hasn't taken me long in ministry to see again and again parents who didn't receive this kind of blessing from their parents begin to try and get it from their children. Instead of doing what God intended for blessings to flow downstream from the parent to the child, the parent begins trying to get this child to bless them. They want their son or daughter to make them feel good enough or successful enough. They begin living vicariously through this child. They cling to the child and they can't separate when the natural time happens for them to become an adult and go start a family of their own. They are trying to heal their insecurity and their fear of abandonment and their feeling of never being enough or never being safe or never being loved out of their child. They are trying to squeeze life-giving water out of a child because they never received it from a parent. And I don't say that as a condemnation, but as your pastor who loves and cares about you, my heart for you and for your children is that you would stop trying to squeeze life-giving water out of someone who can't give it to you. Especially when the God who loved you enough to die for you has said, I will give you springs of living water welling up from within you. And here's the truth. I could come up with some steps for you to take this week, but I think you and I both are grown enough to know that this one 25-minute video and five easy steps that can fix your whole life is gonna work. My goal has been to create a thirst in you for living water that can supply all your needs. I believe that for you to find healing and wholeness, it's going to take more than just a prayer you pray or a decision you make. It's why we say here that for you to have a more meaningful experience with this video than just content you consume, church has to move to being a community you can be committed to because God did not just create you as a heart and a mind and a spirit that connect with him in prayer and meditation. He created us with a body and he said that his spirit would not only live in us, but in all believers. 
And when we gather together in a community where we're known and people know our lives and our families and our past, where they can speak the words of God to us in a way where they sink down into us. When we commit to one another as brothers and sisters, we can experience God's faithfulness. When we share our hurts and our sins and the curses we've experienced and other people don't shrink back from us and instead move toward us in love, we experience God's love and grace in a powerful way. And in those moments, the body of Christ, which is how the writers of the Bible describe the church, the body of Christ begins to help the Holy Spirit of Christ within us to heal us and make us whole. And freedom doesn't just become something we learn about in a video, it becomes something we experience. And then we're able to bless our children from the abundant supply of living water that is living within us and not from a need and desire for them to bless us back. We don't need anything from them. We only have the desire to give. And so I wanna challenge you to take a step into community today. Text the word community to the number you see on screen. Someone from our team will reach out to you and they would love to help you figure out what your next step is right here with our community where you can begin the journey upstream and the healing and wholeness of Jesus isn't just a concept, it's a lived experience for you. We wanna help you do that, so please text right now. You know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase before, hurt people, hurt people. Well, the opposite of that is true. Healed people can heal people. Blessed people can bless people. So if you want your children to be blessed, to find life-giving water, then you need to go to the source. And here's the good news. You can start blessing your children right now as you're taking steps toward receiving God's blessing. It's not too late. You know the kind of words you wished that you'd heard your parents say. Are you saying those to your kids? Do they have to earn them? Or are they being given freely? You already know the kind of things you could do in order to spend quality time with your child that would communicate how much you value them. And are you doing that regularly? You know how regularly hugging and kissing and cuddling with your children can show them how deeply you care for them. Do you make a point to put down the phone and just be with them? If you got a teenager, you can breathe life into them by showing them that you trust them. Maybe actually give them some responsibility. You can speak highly about their skills and their talents and let them know how you see God using them in their future. But before I end, I need to say this to you as well. Our job as parents is not to become the well of life-giving water for our kids. We can't be that for them, and they can't be that for you. There is only one well that never runs dry. There is only one source of life-giving water. Our job is to step into the flow of His streams of living water and direct some of the many blessings that He gives to us downstream to our children. Our job is to point them to the source of living water who is Jesus Christ, because one day they will leave us. And if we're the only well they've ever had, they eventually will run out. They will become thirsty again. But the greatest blessing we can give to our children is to bring them to the well of life-giving water, to give them every opportunity to find Jesus. This is why we need a community. This is why you want your children in the community of the church, because you aren't their well, you can't be. 
You need other people who can be in their lives, who can bless them as well, and who also can point them to the well of living water. So if you haven't done so yet, please reach out to us by texting COMMUNITY to the number on screen. We would love to help you and your children take a next step into our community. Because none of us as parents want to be a curse that our children will one day have to go back upstream to fix. We want to be a blessing in their lives. But the only way we can consistently be a blessing is if we have dug our wells so deep that we are drawing from the springs of living water Jesus wants to plant in us. We want to parent not from what we don't want to repeat from the past or what we wish someone had done or hadn't done to us. We want to parent from the abundance of blessing we have received from our Heavenly Father. And we want to help you and your children find the well of living water that can supply all of your needs. And whether or not you believe in all we do, I think you know, trying harder is not going to be enough. There is hope out there, though, that it's only found in Jesus. And we want to help you find all he has in store for you. Because no matter what you think about God, I believe he can't stop thinking about you.